everybody. Welcome to a new episode of Two Drunk Fans. It is so cold <laughs> in Boston right now. Not as bad as Chicago and like Minnesota, but Minnesota. I think the low tonight in Boston is eight degrees Fahrenheit. How are you doing in Portland, Gap? Uh, I mean, it's fine in Portland. I think it's probably in like the 40s or 50s. Fuck you. Uh, yeah, right. Texas, Texas. I've been in Texas all week and uh, we were... It, a funny story we were checking the weather on tuesday because it was like 60 and nice and everything and uh my traveling partner was like oh we're, texas is going to get affected by this winter blast arctic blast thing that's hitting and it was supposed to be down in like the 40s and 50s and so we woke up the next morning it was and so we were like fuck we gotta go get a coat and bought coats and today was fine so moral of the story don't trust the weather app this does seem to happen to you in texas i mean this time i wasn't with you but i remember right. last time we were in texas and it was suddenly cold as we were there and then when we left it was fine right like i don't think it was last time it was the first time yeah the first time we froze our everything off in frisco like uh it was muy frio <laughs> It was muy frío in Frisco. That's always our story, man. Like, it was so fucking cold that all I was doing was alternating between hot chocolate and Budweiser. Fantastic. It was disgusting. Yeah, I remember, you know, it's Texas. I thought three layers would be enough, but they clearly weren't. Dude, I, I was there. There were people from California that I was like, you at least need a layer. Here, take my coat. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you, you gave the clothes off your back to the needy at that game. I did. I did. And I just kept drinking more beer. Uh, the polar vortex is moving cold air through the country. It also appears to have moved Seattle rain down to Tacoma. <laughs> I was waiting to see what type of transition you were going to do right there. It's pretty good, though, right? <laughs> I mean, uh, sure. Yeah, I'll give you a B+. plus. I'm Asian, so that doesn't feel great. I know. <laughs> I once got a B in class, I think in junior high, and my mom literally asked me if I was like psychologically okay. What? She was like, like because of your expectations on yourself? No, because of her expectations. Like, like, I mean, yes, I was normally an A student, but I got a B, so she like was. So I guess maybe in a way it was nice. She's checking in with me to make sure everything's okay. But also that does create, you know, some weird pressure on your kid. Like, if I get a B, then psychologically things must be wrong. Well, it's it's one of those things that's like, it's all about phrasing. Yeah, that's true. You know, had your mom mom been like, hey, is anything going on in life? That would have been different than, uh, are you psychologically sound? It was more the latter than the former, it felt like to me at the time. I was like, no, I'm I'm fine. I just got to be. I'm, you know, a kid. I'll, I'll, I'll be okay, mom. Trying to figure out a bunch of life stuff. Uh, I'm about to be a, a teenager for real. And, you know, things happen during that time. Your body is just like in overdrive. There's chemistry. So, Rain moving to Tacoma. I know you were traveling but did you manage to watch the live stream of the announcement not at all (laughs) i think you were you were posting about it though i tweeted a little bit i mean they also announced some uh sounder stuff but as it pertains to the rain after the announcement it got real boring too many people spoke too many men spoke like after the mayor of tacoma and pino spoke it just got real like you know Mm mm-hmm but some interesting details, because not only are they moving to uh, a stadium that's 6,500 seats, that's Cheney Stadium. It's not Lauren Cheney Stadium either. It refers to a different uh, Cheney. I wish it were. I wish it were. Other details, that they're expanding the ownership group of the Reign. That's the part. I think that's a good move. The Reign, probably one of the teams, other than Sky Blue, that I really used to fret over. I was like, how is Bill Predmore on his own, keeping up with the growth of the league. And it seems like, you know, they were managing it until now, but now they have some new minority owners at play. I think that's, I think that's good news for rain fans. I think, I think all of this is really, really good news. The, 
uh, new ownership announcements or minor- minority ownership announcements. I think the shift from into a stadium that is better in all senses. Like I, I also think, so I went to college in Tacoma. Mm. Um, I, I lived there for four years and I think that Tacoma has this really interesting relationship with Seattle. Um, like being so close, it's, it's the blue collar, like younger brother to Seattle, you know, like if you think of Seattle as like Amazon and, uh, Starbucks and Google and all of these like really, really techie white collar, uh, industries, like Tacoma is really, really, really fantastic and has its own industries and its own, uh, communities and just, uh, it's, it's a really excellent city. Um, I, I love Tacoma so much and I'm super, super excited that they're going to have a women's professional soccer team. Um, I think the stadium that they're going to be playing in is a really good stadium. I'm, I'm a little, uh, apprehensive about how they're going to cover up the baseball dirt. Like if they're going to be using sod, like it, I, I just want to see the logistics. I want to see that actually happen. I don't, I haven't had the time yet to look up and see if it's ever happened. Before. It has, it has. Okay. Because, uh, I believe Sounders too, they played there before. So it's a rare case of the men's team kind of ending up being the guinea pig before the women's team comes in. Which is fantastic. I'm totally fine with that. I'm totally fine with a bunch of, uh, young, young players, uh, on the men's side try- who are trying to make a break, uh, get a break, I should say on the senior team um being the guinea pigs before a senior team i appreciated that the rain posted a very detailed look at how they ended up in tacoma yes um, all the stadiums that they ruled out and the reasons why they were ruled out it's nice to see a team take their stadium standards very seriously uh and you know for the league to be enforcing that and giving them a timeline which does kind of make you ask the question so this has been done in seattle why isn't it happening in a different hypothetical city that shall not be named i'm like let's just name it why isn't it what sort of uh regulations or um what sort of demands has the league made towards sky blue right so the things that the rain needed were a compliant playing surface, at least 5,000 seats, uh, locker rooms with showers. So it sounds yeah. like those are three big things that at least that were mentioned in the article. You know, obviously the rain couldn't afford to renovate Memorial Stadium on their own or right. or they couldn't even afford to do little things to bring it up to code just because it's such an old stadium. As I mentioned in their post, it was built before a lot of, you know, safety regulations were in play. It's it's a bad stadium. I mean, it's it's historic. It doesn't have freaking handrails to go down stairs that are at more than like the the stair the stairs and handrail situation alone. I could write fifteen hundred words. About. I'm surprised some kid hasn't just gone tumbling down those concrete stairs and just split their knee open fairly badly. You know, I'm surprised some drunk hasn't freaking yeah, fallen did. out of the top row. Well. Speaking of drunks, there will now be beer available. That you can drink at your seat. Yes. Um, There has been beer memorial for the last few years, but you've had to drink it in a cage. So it's, uh, and this Cheney Stadium, I looked it up, it's been renovated in the past 10 years, like in the past Mm -hmm. decade. So it's a modern facility. Yes, they'll have to convert it from a baseball field to play, but grounds crew apparently now has experience doing that. I saw a picture. It wasn't great. There were color patches where the bases were. Hopefully they'll work on that for the upcoming season. Uh, the other thing that kind of made me optimistic about it was that the mayor of Tacoma, Victoria Woodards, was so up on this move. She was just like, mm-hmm. let's hear from women's soccer. And, you know, women have traditionally gotten the short stick and that they haven't gotten the most funding. We're going to change that. This is the highest level of professional team that's ever been in Tacoma. We're going to build them a great stadium. That's other thing. Yeah. Rain will not the, be. That's the big news. Rain will not be stuck in this stadium for the foreseeable future because there's supposed to be a soccer-specific stadium right next door by 2021, I believe. Yeah, like they've they've already picked out the site. 
they already have started on you know developing um I think this is this is really everything about this is really really good. The only the only bad news, shitty news, bad stuff about um, this entire situation to me is that it does it does now suck for Seattle fans who were used to a stadium that they could get to very very easily through public transit, and you know now it's it goes back to. I mean, it's not exactly the same as the issue they experienced the first two years with playing at Starfire and people needing to figure out how to carpool and get down to Starfire. Um, it's it's similar in that way, way, way outside the city, but in a different city, um, I think is, is the big thing. And I believe there's a commuter rail that goes between Seattle and Tacoma now. I believe Seattle I believe the connector uh, sound transit I think is what it's called. Yes, you're right. There is a train that runs Seattle to Tacoma. Right. And you know, so the fact that there's a train that people can take from Seattle to Tacoma, granted it's not ideal if you don't have a car, it's going to be really really hard, but it's not impossible. It's not like um you know, you have to take 17 buses to get there. The Cheney Stadium is very central in Tacoma. Um, it's, it's, I, I am just, you probably can hear my voice. I am super excited about this. I'm super excited for Tacoma to have a women's team that they can show up for. Um, for decades, Tacoma has just been, you know, think about it like you're you're a Seahawks fan, you're a Sounders fan, you're you you like the Sonics. Um you had to commute up to Seattle to see any of that. Now you finally have a professional team of your own. And it's a very, very blossoming city as well. I think the only problem is that I feel like I saw that the last train that leads from the closest Tacoma stop is probably like 1030 or something going back to Seattle mm. hopefully they're not playing games that kick off at 8 p.m. on the west coast right. <laughs> so hopefully that won't actually ever be an issue the other thing is I think the way the schedules are like if you look at the current schedule for Cheney Stadium you can kind of see the gaps where the rain probably will fit in and it looks like they'll probably be mostly weekend games I think that's also something the league wanted to work on as well more weekend games fewer weekday games and yeah. you know fewer times where you might be playing a saturday game a wednesday game and then a sunday game so basically three games within seven or eight days mm-hmm. Less and that. it and it's going to be better for tv now seattle or i'm sorry now the rain are going to be on network tv Right, they're going to be in a stadium that the league is like, we can't put that on national television. Right, they they could potentially host a final oh. at some point. Oh, that would be interesting if they did host a final. And, you know, I don't think it would be at Cheney because it's only 6,500. But, you know, C-Link. C-Link, I mean, but it changes the conversation now, right? C-Link might still be too big as well. I, uh, yeah, I mean, if... So what's our lowest attended final? It was the one at Starfire. Well, it was the one in Rochester, I think, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But I think the lowest attended final was in at Starfire already. And that pushed the limits. So to me, still having Cheney, I mean, the other thing that they could potentially do in Cheney at Cheney Stadium is change out that grassy mound and put ble- temporary bleachers in. For a final, yeah, expanding by even a thousand seats, is it worth it to have a completely sold out, packed stadium that looks I, I would, and sounds I good? I would say, if, could could they target? Could they target some sort of way to get you know ninety five hundred people in there? Mm. I don't right, know. like if if they figured out how to get bleachers in the outfield, they could. Uh, so apparently Seattle's average attendance for 2018 was about 3,800. Mm-hmm. Um, and then their max that they, since they you know since the league started is 4,600. So the I think the target to beat obviously 3,800. I think if they're doing 4,000 plus 
that's that's fine. Um, the other model that we have for kind of a more suburban stadium location, I would say, is the Washington Spirit. And they managed about 3,800 last season as well. So it's possible to build an audience that's, you know, farther out from the urban center of the area. I wouldn't even say Tacoma's suburban, though. Like, where Cheney Stadium is, I don't think it's suburban. I think it's a real... Like, I'm I'm going to go on the record and say that uh, the rain are going to surpass 5,000 fans. Wow. I would love it. I would love it if they just blew their old attendance average out of the water. Yeah. I think season. I think the, the, the baseball team is going to help them market. I think they're going to get a lot of first-time fans to come in. The new ownership group, I think they're... They're going to be innovative. Now they're also partnering with Sounders. Yeah, the Rainiers and the the Sounders organization, the Hanauers are minority uh, investors now. Right? This, this isn't going to be something that uh, is going to be just somebody's side passion project. This isn't something that, you know, oh, I bought a team so that my wife can run it or my daughter can run it. Like, this is a team that is actually trying to build something and i am super looking forward to how they're going to do event nights right like i see this as a team that's really gonna create some sort of like they're they're gonna go back to the to to the regular family friendly like we're gonna do family packages and all that different stuff but tacoma it's also a little bit of a college town Hmm. Um, hmm. and so it's one of those things like can you get students from University of Puget Sound students from Pacific Lutheran which both have really good women's soccer programs to come out when you consider the other option was like completely move away from the area or cease operating I think they made to my knowledge the best possible deal they could have made mm-hmm. to continue operating to stay close to Seattle to do right by the players who will probably now be moving out to Tacoma, but <laughs> I don't think it's, it's not like it's the middle of nowhere and they're still what within an hour's car drive of Seattle. Absolutely. Okay. Um, so it really depends on where you're in Seattle and what time you leave because federal way can be a bitch, <laughs> but, but I mean, it's on a good day. It's 45 minutes. Okay. On a bad day, you're sitting there for 90 but it's like any major urban traffic, you know, right. which is why I think if people can figure out how to get down there on a train and then maybe take a lift in it or an Uber um, rather than try to figure out like entirely public transportation the entire way. But I don't think that they're going to need to rely on people coming from Seattle anymore. Well, the way the mayor was talking about it, I think they have a great resource there to really build within the community. So, of course, they can try to bring as many fans crossing over from Seattle as possible. But at the same time, it's a good opportunity to build in a new community with the support of the local government. Exactly. Uh, something that the the Timbers did here in Portland for a few years, and it stopped uh, a couple years ago, but... They gave, on match days, free round-trip tickets on public transit. That all you had to do was get it validated. But for every season ticket, you also got a pack of those free transit passes, which were already pre-dated for the day of the match, but it was an all-day pass. It's like, could Tacoma do something like that for uh, sound transit for folks, you know, from outside outside Tacoma or even inside Tacoma like I don't imagine it's a very steep bill to to for the team to give folks that sort of opportunity and I believe it was free regardless of like where if you live 10 blocks away or if you lived you know 100 miles away uh the last thing I I wanted to look at as, as part of this deal is I also think the rain were very generous in their ticket policy with this because, you know, obviously fans bought tickets expecting to be in Seattle at Memorial. Um, so the options I think they offered are you can have your season tickets refunded. You can go to the first game 
just to see if it'll work out for you. And if it doesn't, you can get your season tickets refunded as well, or they'll work with you to transfer your ticket package to like, you know, the equivalent seating. So the prices aren't exactly equivalent, I think, but you know, if you were seated in a certain section, whatever the equivalent section now is at Cheney Stadium, if you want to transfer your ticket package, I think that the rain will work with you to do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's obviously the, the, the right thing to do to, you know, um, honor their fan base, but I'm glad to see, you know, they, they just did it without having to be pressured and they were like, of course, what we have to do with our ticket holders. Mm-hmm. Not all owners automatically do the thing that's right for the fans. And I just, oh man, I'm I like, I'm riding a high for what's, for what the Predmores did. Think about, there's so many moving parts to that deal because the, what's happening in Tacoma is it's not just the teams are coming. Obviously there's building a new stadium. They're also building some new like health facility with one of the mm-hmm. sponsors um, that's going to bring in a ton of money and jobs, I guess. So the, you know, there are multiple parties here. There's the Sounders ownership group, there's the Rain ownership group, and there's the city of Tacoma. And then, you know, there's multiple facilities happening here. This must have been very stressful to put together. Well, so, and what I really appreciated about their open letter was that they laid out, like, the timeline and all the moving parts that were a part of it. And how, you know, our original plan, our number one plan would be for the city to pass a levy to uh, tear down and renovate or rebuild Memorial Stadium. That got, that that ended in November when the city said, yeah, Memorial's no longer part of this new levy. Yeah. And the Predmore saying, well, we can't fu- we can't afford to personally fund all the renovations needed to me- to make it the, the type of facility that these players deserve. Like it's not even to make it the bare minimum to pass NWSL cell standards. What I really appreciated about the letter was it was all about like, you know, what the players deserve, what the game deserves. Yeah. How and- do we find the best solution and then going through like we looked at this one we looked at this one we looked at this one and all of the reasons why none of that would work i just i haven't spent a ton of time um reading the negative reactions because i like to live in a positive world so i'm but i'm just like man they did such a good job so i have two things to close out my thoughts on the rain The first one being, this is kind of a case study for how you want to make a big announcement like this. Information, information, information. I don't know how many times I have to say it, but if you leave any kind of information vacuum, your fans will fill it with the most negative shit possible. That's kind of just the nature of the beast. When people don't know, a lot of times they tend to assume the worst. Well, it was information, 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 but it was also a media blitz. It was... Here's an open letter. Here we're doing a press conference. Here's a podcast we recorded two weeks ago. Yeah, they they kind of... I was a little, at the beginning, worried because the Rain account wasn't even tweeting out the live stream. But then afterwards, I was like, okay, they blasted us all with a big fire hose of information. They gave us everything we needed. People probably still have, you know, some logistical questions. But there's not this, like, why are you doing this? Like, wasn't there any other solution I think they they made their case for why this was the best possible move. So even if people feel like it wasn't, there's a solid logical argument for why it was coming directly mm-hmm. from the source. That's super important. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't. Tra- it wasn't. I appreciated that the the rain account wasn't live tweeting it because I didn't want any of the sound bites to be that that heal. You know what I mean? Not quite. Like, I didn't want anything to be misconstrued, and sometimes it can be in tweets. That's true. Because it's it's picking up the second sentence of a six-sentence paragraph. Right, and then someone quote t- tweets it with, well, why not so-and-so, or well, actually, when if they had listened to the rest of the quote, they would have gotten exactly. the answer. You, you right. lose a ton of context. And I think it's fine that reporters are putting that information out because you're not the the uh talking head of the team right you're you're already picking out what those good sound bites are and not saying like you know oh they they messed up how to pronounce this one person's name. all right well 
we'll obviously link all of this in the show description. Uh, my last thought on the rain moving is that it's not their logo. The Rainiers unveiled their club crest, uh, but that crest has octopus tentacles in it, and it's apparently related to a local urban legend that there's like a 600-pound octopus living under some bridge in Tacoma. The Narrows Bridge. Yeah. Yes, yes. It's the bridge that goes from uh, Tacoma to Gig Harbor. Um, and it's this bridge that if you Google Galloping Gertie. Yeah, they say the uh, octopus tore the bridge down. No, the octopus didn't. Because oh. there's video of Galloping Gertie. I mean, maybe the octopus tore the original bridge. And like That's part of the urban 1800. legend. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it did. But uh, so I've always heard. I've never actually heard an octopus story about tearing down the bridge. I've always heard that there are fucking gigantic squid and octopus that live in Puget Sound. And they they will come up to the surface every once in a while. And then every once in a while, freaking Discovery Channel discovers some sort of new sea creature thingy. And I'm just waiting for them to confirm that, like, yeah, there actually are super gigantic octopus squid things in Puget Sound. The thing that I don't like about um, um, the uh, logo, and I think you you called it a Rainier logo. and I It's think the Defiance, that's... Tacoma Defiance. Yeah. Right, right, right. Um, so I think uh, the thing that I don't like about it is are they the ship or are they the octopus? They're the ship because the Defiance I think was a World War II ship or something. It was okay. a It was a Navy ship that served... So it's it's a reference back to that. So it when if it's the fist, is it the fist or the octopus? <laughs> it's gotta be the fist, right? The octopus is just like a big fan. Okay, okay. I'm just I'm trying to figure out what the octopus has to do with all of it because the octopus looks like a a, a villain in the logo to me. I Not mean, a I'm riding a horse sort of thing. Yes. Not not a companion. Oh, so the Defiance that's named after the USS Point Defiance, it was um it served throughout the Vietnam War, not World War Two. Mm-hmm. And Point Point Defiance is uh the name of the zoo up there, right. by the way. So yes, normally when there's a picture of a ship and then there's tentacles, it's because the tentacles are trying to destroy the ship. Yeah. It's a so in, in that terms of the composition, it's a little confusing. But I like, you know, the reference to the local urban legend. It's a it's a nice way to really tie the logo in locally as opposed totally. to like a generic tree. Totally. Um, uh, yeah, nobody likes a generic tree <laughs> with roots and shit. That's fucking ridiculous. But Go- Google Galloping Gertie. Yeah. But, but I'm hoping that the rain can, like, get in on some of this action because I really think, like, a little octopus wearing a crown would be, like, a really cute mascot. And then before games, you know how the World Cup, they would have an octopus that, like, choose which team would win? They should have that for, like, the Defiance, maybe even the rain, like, the octopus picks between the two teams that are playing in its tank. Okay. I'm a marketing genius. You are a marketing genius. <laughs> uh, seriously, though, uh, Google Galloping Gertie. You will get a fuck ton of videos, and you will even get a historic video of, I believe, what the urban legend is. Say Google Galloping Gertie five times fast. Google Galloping Gertie. Google Galloping Gertie. Google Galloping Gertie. Faster. Google no, Galloping no. Gertie. Google Galloping Gertie. Okay. That was amusing for me. Thank you. I'm glad it was amusing for you. But yeah, the Tacoma Narrows Bridge. Uh, it is fucking gorgeous. So my favorite part of the train ride up to Tacoma is when you get through Olympia and you you head west toward the Puget Sound. And then you just get to ride along the Puget Sound for like 45 minutes. And it's fucking gorgeous. And you see this huge, like the Tacoma Narrows Bridge is a billion feet up in the air it's just it's so fucking high up in the air and it it just it's this marvel also in nwsl news just we we've <laughs> been making veiled references to it throughout all of this but the next chapter in the sky blue fc saga oh come on i was on such a high well that's life kid if sometimes it's high and then sometimes you gotta think about you know 
scraping the bottom of the barrel. I feel like you're just going to start playing Sarah McLaughlin. <laughs> oh, no. It's like... <laughs> We should we should totally play Sarah McLachlan as background. Music. Instead of showing the dog that needs you to adopt it, it's like the sky blue logo. It's like this team has not, you know, has oh. not had its best possible life and needs a new owner to give it its forever home where it can be loved and cherished. It needs a new owner In the and it just of the angel. <laughs> keep going, keep going. No. Yeah, please. Uh, we found out once and for all, obviously, Julia Ashley's not going to play. But Madison Tiernan, who plays for Sky Blue, responded to that where she said on Twitter, the fight is far from over. And sure, we really do have a long way to go. I'm guilty of losing hope and feeling like my voice isn't being heard. But I'm sick of this, sick of the I'm too good for that place mentality. So there's a lot happening here obviously there's a lot of emotion involved you don't go through a season where you have one win i think out of 24 games and then have all this shit written about your team in the press you know for months on end without having some serious feelings i understand where she's coming from but i don't think julia ashley ever said i'm too good for that place she accurately said like she saw it with her own eyes she heard from people there that it wasn't the most elite training area so she had to go like why is her job to stay there and try to turn around a team that can't even reassure her that she's going to have adequate training and living facilities you know hmm. she's 22 years old 21 it's the beginning of her career she probably has national team aspirations realistic or not she's got to go where there's best for her and realistically she goes to sky blue as a rookie how much can she really do to help the team? I mean, I, I think that uh, she could do a lot to help the team. Well, yeah. um, I, I do think that Sky Blue needs infusions of energy and infusions of... Um, I mean, Denise Reddy needs to figure out what the strategy is going to be and needs to figure out what type of team her players can become. Um, so I, I do think that she could have a significant impact. Uh, what, what the reaction is, is to somebody saying, I'm tired of this period and not speaking to one person's quote or, or what one person has said, but in general, like I am tired of this mentality of like, I'm too good for this place. Like, turn it around. This is somebody who's trying to spark something. They've hit the bottom, and they're trying to bounce back up, right? Well, yeah, on a certain level, it's the mentality you're going to have to have if you're going to hope to make any change. If you want to make a turnaround, you can't go into the next season not believing that it's possible. So I completely understand where she is coming from, and, you know, if she chooses to stay and fight... I'll, you know, support that play too. I mean, obviously, we've said before, these players deserve a lot more. They put in so much work. They they they're, really deserve much better. They're professional athletes. It's not a case of, I'm too good for this team. It's a case of, this team is not good enough for you. Right. It's it's a case of this facilities. Everything surrounding this team is not good enough for you. It's not uh, where, where I think language... Uh, isn't doing us any favors is we're saying this team and sometimes team is the squad um, where what we're talking about is this front office and this organization right is what's under fire it's not that the players aren't good enough for each other the players are going to do what they can do the coach is going to do what she can do they need to be given the infrastructure and backbone to actually be competitive it happens in men's sports all the freaking time that players make career decisions based on where going where they think they can win. That's all this is, is players are looking at the situation, not saying, oh, I don't have a bathroom or, oh, I don't have a shower. They're saying, I don't think that there's a su the support in this organization that will get me to where I want to be as a professional athlete, which is on a team that can be competitive for a championship. You saying Julia Ashley is a LeBron James in women's soccer? She's gone for that rank. I mean, I, I think that we've got quite a few players who are 
have the self-confidence to be the LeBron James. Yeah. So and, I, and kudos to them for making those decisions. Yeah, I don't think either side is, there's no wrong side here. There's two perspectives on the same situation. Mm-hmm. And for all the players who show up for Sky Blue, that's Madison Tiernan. Uh, I think Sky Blue just announced two other signings a couple days ago. It was actually during the Seattle Rain Conference uh, about oh, the move to Tacoma. Lovely timing. Yeah, it was great timing. And it was like 7 p.m. or something. So 7 p.m. East Coast? East Coast, yeah. Ugh. <laughs> they were like, hey, by the way, we signed... Uh, oh, they announced they re-signed Freeman and Tiernan. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw the yeah. re-sign because I have to pinch myself every time i see the words resign yeah that dash is so important (laughs) right like remember it's a dash it's a dash dash is good yeah every player that shows up for sky blue which could include naho from seattle now tacoma i guess Mm -hmm. i wish them the best of luck i really do i hope that 2019 is as different a year for them as the the aughts were for me from the 90s after i finally went through puberty (laughs) and and my mom asked me about that b (laughs) the thing is is sky blue hasn't always been bad sky blue was on the bubble for the playoffs like three years ago they're not a club that is used to performing poorly um i think morale is down i think that I think that there needs to be some sort of injection of big energy. And sometimes with clubs like this, the injection of big energy is new ownership group, new sponsors, which both equal more resources for players. You have a good point about the new energy. Sometimes it can help to have new people come in who have no expectation. They're just like, this is how it should be, right? Exactly. Like, I think Seattle or God. We're going to do this all season. I think Tacoma is going to benefit from new ownership coming in and saying, what do you mean this is different? This is always the way our locker rooms have been. I want to know about the structure of that that ownership deal as well. Like, are the minority owners simply taking over part of the Predmore's contribution or is like the contribution as a whole increasing? I would expect that the amount of money now totally available from the ownership group has kind of gone up, even though the Predmore's own contribution obviously has gone down. Yeah. I mean, do we even know were the Predmore's sole owners of Seattle Rain? Or was this a situation where um, the new owners bought out old owners? I think the Predmore's were the... I think the Primers were the sole owners before this. Okay. So, yeah, now now we're in a situation where there is additional capital. And the additional capital is not necessarily going into stadium renovations. Or, uh, you know, it it, 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 it might be going into some sort of capital campaign for the new stadium. Maybe. But the new ownership group isn't going to fully fund that out of their pocket. And what's really, really, really nice about what Seattle did is they're now partnering with other sports owners who understand that this is not an industry you get into to make a ton of money. It's an industry you get into knowing that you're going to lose money in the beginning. Exactly. That's any business, not just sports. Now, how does Cloud9... I'm sorry, not Cloud9. So now how does Sky Blue... What sort of conversations are they having? Is the ownership group even tuned in? That's that's the biggest question. Like, how much are is the governor paying attention? How much are their different business owners paying attention to the shit that that is just happening within their club? Are they tuned in? And if they are, what are those potential solutions that they're looking at? So you know how a long time ago when Phil Murphy first became governor, you and I were like, shouldn't he have had to place the team in a blind trust, like his part of it? I think that was confirmed this week that he did place his ownership stake or whatever in the team in a blind trust. Uh, This is an article from njgop.org, so the New Jersey Republican Party, and they're requiring that Phil Murphy submit himself to an ethics panel investigation over Sky Blue SC conflicts. So they're saying that because he was directly involved with the recruitment of a draft pick 
Julia Ashley, he may have violated state ethics laws. So obviously, take it with a grain of salt. This is Republicans going after a sitting Democratic governor. But it's sure. not like he's been doing a great job with the team. Yeah. So direct involvement in the management of Sky Blue looks like a clear violation of the state's ethics rules, according to the article. We'll link that for you to read on your own in the description for this show. It wouldn't be the first time that something that seems unrelated has taken down a politician. One of my favorite stories is about how Star Trek Voyager was involved in the rise of Barack Obama. But that's a story for another day. I'm sorry, what? You don't know about this? No, I have absolutely no idea what you're talking about. Okay, so you know who Jerry Ryan is? She played Seven of Nine on Star Trek Voyager. I'm going to Google her right now. Jerry, I'm sorry? J-E-R-I Ryan, R-Y-A-N. So she was married to this Republican, Jack Ryan. Oh, yeah, okay, I see her. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Jack Ryan was a senator in Illinois, and then all this stuff came out where Jerry Ryan, I think after their divorce, was like, hey, he was a real sleazebag. He did a bunch of shit that I was not cool with, including, I think, like, forcing her to go to sex clubs and stuff. I want to say it was very salacious. Uh, so Jack Ryan is out. His replacement is chosen to run... Uh, in the next senatorial campaign, and that guy loses to Barack Obama. Dude, I am, like, looking at all these articles about this right now, and I'm just like, what? Yep. I had no idea. I had no freaking clue. When his campaign started, all this shit came out about, uh, from their divorce records, I think, and there was not good stuff in there, apparently. Yeah. And so it paved the way for Barack Obama to become the next senator in Illinois. And, you know, the rest is history. Wow. Very cool story. I mean, not great, but... Yeah. Dominoes, I'm, man, right? I'm, you just... I'm, happy, I'm happy I know about it now. The dominoes. In other player news, I think the other thing I saw that really stuck with me this past week came from Stephanie LeBay, actually. So moving yeah. up to Canada... Uh, it was part of Bell Let's Talk, which is a Canadian initiative from the company Bell, where you use the hashtag Bell Let's Talk and they donate money to mental health initiatives. So Steph LeBay told her story about how she struggles with depression. I really appreciated the article where depression wasn't just like some illness she overcame. It's a recurring thing that she's probably going to struggle with for the rest of her life. And it's not the same for everybody, but I think that's... Um, an aspect of it that gets overlooked that some people will have a lifelong struggle with depression. And she said in the article that she can recognize now the triggers and like the onset of her depression. So she has more experience now, you know, just living through it and climbing her way back out of it for NWSL fans. I think the parts of particular interest relate to her soccer career and how setbacks mm -hmm. in her career affected her depression Obviously, LeBay was a goalkeeper for the Washington Spirit, and she straight up said that uh, Jim Gabara treated her to constant mental abuse. That's in quotes in the article, constant mental abuse. Um, obviously, they had tactical disagreements. That's normal. But LeBay says basically Gabara just didn't know how to manage her as a player, which as a coach is a key skill viewed in the best possible light from what LeBay says about Gabara and the spirit. In the best possible light, it's that Jim Gabara was oblivious to how his player was suffering, which is still not good. And then in the worst possible light, he directly contributed to another round of depression for her because, you know, he, he didn't know how to manage his player mentally. What is Jim Gabara doing these days? Not coaching the Washington spirit. I mean, Crystal Dunn has hinted at it, too, that the team was super dysfunctional while she was there. Uh, yeah. I, th you know, Allie Krieger left, even though I think at one point it seemed like she was probably wanting to retire as a spirit player. She seems a lot happier in Orlando. Good for her. Yeah. I mean, she seems really happy right now. <laughs> so the spirit on another team that I hope rebound in 2019 on and off the field, I hope things are better for the players there we don't know because they have their new coach Richie Burke 
and we have no context for him. We've never seen him coach a pro women's team in any capacity before, which might end up being a problem. Maybe he's a savant. Maybe he'll coach them to the playoffs. We don't know yet. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. There's a lot of coaching change coming in this next NWSL season. And it's the variable of US soccer, or I'm sorry, not even just US soccer, but the variable of World Cup and camps and players getting called out. And you know, that's that's why to me the draft was something where, you know, I don't like that we're losing players to Europe and to Australia and other leagues because this is the year that we really need supplemental players. You're right. We need we need teams to have a practice squad because guess what? On match day in May, June, July, those practice squad players are going to get called up. Hopefully we're not going to be having any teams showing up with exactly 14 players. You know what I'm saying? That happened a couple times last yep. World Cup, didn't it? I think even they last only, season. They, they only traveled with so many players. And it's like, oh my fucking God, are you serious? I think it's also a wake-up call to have draft picks, you know, fleeing for Europe. I mean, obviously Sky Blue is a little bit of an outlier right now. But I think it's going to be a good data point to urge owners to increase the salary cap regularly and as much as possible. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's going to be even more critical for the Players Association to get some early wins and to prove that this is a league, this is an organization that you actually want to be a part of. We were able to get X, Y, and Z. I mean, who knows? Maybe maybe some expose is going to come out in six months that says, you really want to know who put the who put the rain under fire for memorial it was the players association well considering y'all Abra bush is currently the president and the rain kept her on roster all last season when she only played like one full game for them um i think they did right by her and i think she is very up on the rain organization i wouldn't be surprised if she had like shake shake some hands or something I mean, it doesn't have to be shady, like taking somebody out into the back alley and <laughs> like whipping them upside the head with something. But it could be like, hey, look at here's here's me advocating. Y'all is quite a saleswoman. She can she sell is a pitch. Fantastic. Also, you know, you've got Pino as a hype woman. You've got a, a lot of personalities on that squad. Yeah, I, I'm sure they weren't actually signing contracts, but you could do worse if you needed somebody in your back pocket to spring a little bit of personality on the proceedings. Exactly. And, and it's, it's just something that, um, you know, who knows who's pulling levers right now. It could be Duffy. Duffy could be, be, you know, power tripping and saying, all right, guys, I am now the pres- El Presidente. Let's, let's, let's put our big boy pants on and, and move us, you know, to NWSL 2.0. Our power pants. Our power pants. Let's put our power pants on. Power suits. Oh, our the shoulder pads, our power pants, all of the it. The L word is coming back. Oh my god! I saw the announcement that was confirmed. The L word reboot is happening. Every single queer woman I know has met this news with like a, okay, I guess it's happening. I know. I'm just. I'm like. I really hope they kill the characters off so poorly that I never ever want to watch this show ever again. It's hilarious to me that everybody of a certain age who is old enough to have seen the original L word is just like resigned to this happen. Like nobody is excited. Nobody's excited. And everybody's just like, of course, I'm going to watch it. Yeah. We're all just like, well, we got to find out what happens. Is Jenny actually alive or who fucking killed her? That's all I I want to know. I I really hope Jenny was dead. I read an entire article today about... Uh, how Carmen is potentially going to be a major story, a major mm. character in in the the reboot. Well, if she comes back, she should not get back together with Shane because Shane treated her like shit. Oh, Shane treated everybody like shit. But oh my god, if Carmen comes back and is like this this little cat toy in front of Shane, <laughs> but Carmen's like in a committed relationship with kids or something like that. Oh my god. Wow. Oh 
I'm all, and and everybody who's throwing their freaking name at this thing now. Lena Waithe got... tweeted about it, and I was like, all right, yeah. if Lena Waithe is involved in the writers room, maybe I'll actually be interested. No, so she, oh yeah, no, she did, and then somebody else, I forget who the 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 gay doctor lady from uh, uh, Grey's Anatomy, the first one, who was like, Jessica Capshaw. I find finally see leaves. Oh. The one, uh, yeah, Erica. <laughs> I, I forget her name, but yeah. you know the one, the one that what's her name first slept with. The one that Buffalo Bill kidnapped in Silence of the Lambs. Well, yeah, that too. He puts the lotion in the basket. <laughs> Stop it! <laughs> but she she tweeted something today about how how like hey Roxanne Gay, I think you should you should write a role for me in the new L Word reboot, which then implies that Roxanne Gay is going to be part of it. Wait, so the actress's name is um, Brooke Smith. And let's see, on Grey's Anatomy, before she went to the parking lot and disappeared forever, Erica Hahn. Erica Hahn. Interesting. Yeah, I think the reboot of L Word, a lot of actresses actually are going to be clamoring to be on the show. The one thing I hope for this show... Well, two things. First of all, more diversity. So a less white, all cis, all able-bodied cast. And I mean, L.A., so, mm. you know. Well, L.A., there should be way more Asian and Hispanic people involved. Then. I'm just giving you a hard time. I'm just giving you a hard time. And second of all, the one thing that I think the original show could sometimes get right is that it was a look into women's lives. And they're just men were incidental. I would love another show where just 95% of it is about the inner lives of these women and their interpersonal relationships and men just like either just are not there or if they're there, it's like, oh yeah, that's Tim. He's there. Don't worry about it. That's just Tim. He's just having sex. Don't worry about it. That's just Tim. Jenny's poor boyfriend who's going to be gone <laughs> after like the first season in a little bit. That's just Tim. He has no idea what's happening in his own bathroom. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my what God. if what how how much damage do you think eileen's gonna do to this she's executive producer but not showrunner this time i know so that's i know another hopeful so, point so here's my thing is uh i was on the airplane and i was giggling to myself because i was like eileen is gonna basically be jenny Sh jenny <laughs> on set and I mean, she, she always was. Thing. Jenny was clearly supposed to be Eileen Chaikin's like stand-in character. I know. And then she killed herself, and I was like, "How morbid is this?" Je did Jenny kill herself, or was Jenny murdered? No, Eileen killed Jenny. Oh, all right. Look, so she killed herself. If they're gonna bring back Jenny Schechter, they have to bring back Dana Fairbanks or some version of her as well. <laughs> oh You're not God, gonna tell if, me that you can undo if, what, one death and not the other. What if this isn't even a reboot? What if this is just a redo? I would prefer that, quite frankly. A lot of these characters right? are awful people, and I don't care to know how they fared. Oh, my God. Uh, one thing that did disappoint me um, is that there is no Tina as of right now. Interesting. Interesting. She hasn't signed on, or maybe she wasn't part of the announcement. But I was just like, wait, there's going to be a bet? But what about Tina? I would like it. If if they can't have Dana, like they have uh, a modern update of her archetype, which is like so back a in female the soccer player, well, a female athlete. But instead of Dana, who was terrified and like stayed in the closet, this one is like, yeah, I'm out. It's great. Nike wants gay athletes. I got like lots of shoe money coming in. <laughs> shoes for everyone who wants to go shoe shopping i just got another delivery from adidas like who wants these yeezys right oh my god oh that would god. that would be a nice update uh, i don't want them to hang out the planet god the planet <laughs> i really don't want the planet to be a thing anymore i'm don denbo and this is my lover cindy oh stop it stop it <laughs> he's oh like triggering flashbacks for you i hope everybody oh. who's listening just like a shiver went up their spine oh my god remember it's toxic tanya oh. and then like the death of mr piddles oh my god just i'm remembering so many things now that i don't want to remember just we loved this in the past we processed our trauma over it we did, and now they're bringing it back, and we have no idea what the fuck is happening. 
Like, I, I honestly can't wait until the actors uh, start filming and they are teasing us with their fucking Instagram shit. Oh, my God. Oh, the other thing I hope is if Shane does come back, I hope she grew the fuck up. Like, on the show, Shane was a great friend. But if my friend behaved the way she had with, like, a string of women, I'd be like, you need to shape up or our friendship is over. The thing was, it's like Shane was good during pockets of time. It's just when life got complicated, Shane went sideways. That's true. Like, Shane was awesome. But when life gets complicated is when... That's the true test, right? And if you go sideways and things get complicated... I I completely agree, but I think Shane was, like, right there. Right on the cusp of, like, maturity. That would be... and, And Shane could keep her shit together when her friends were having life that would be such an interesting update maybe if shane is like i'm a mature adult now (laughs) i don't do the shit that i I used to do in my 20s so we already saw business owner shane we already saw entrepreneur shane we we already saw all this shit and now it's like dude i just want to see like stay-at-home mom shane (laughs) like that's the thing is they're all gonna be like 45 now I don't even want to see stay at home mom. I just want to see Shane like in a long term committed relationship, not tempted to stray. Like, yeah, of course you get crushes on other people. That's natural. But Shane ha- handling that in a very healthy, mature way. We're we want to watch a very boring show. <laughs> you can have mature adults who communicate in a relationship and have it be really, really dramatically interesting. Just look at the Taylors from Friday Night Lights. Our show is going to be so fucking boring. If we redid the L word and we made them all nice human beings, they would just be like going to each other's houses for dinner every night of the week. This is why lesbians can't have bars. (laughs) In this episode, Shane contributes the maximum to her 401k. Shane, Shane, <laughs> Shane figures out how to navigate the website to then be able to contribute the maximum. Right, right. The, so we are the reason why lesbians can't have bars. <laughs> it's like I don't want to go out to the bar. It's much cheaper to buy alcohol, stay at home, then we can watch the good place and go to bed. Oh no, I agree. But <laughs> this, I I, this Hollywood, West Hollywood, gay lady environment that we're creating is the reason we are not allowed to have be done yeah i don't want to go out to the bar i don't want to have people make out on top of me i don't want (laughs) to i did go to sue ellen's while i was in dallas i really wanted to but uh nobody else did so i was like well all right instead we went to another place called liquid zoo and sang karaoke liquid zoo wow liquid zoo gay bar okay we're going there. Next time you and me go to Frisco, we're going to Liquid Zoo. Sure, I'll put it on the calendar. On Saturday nights, karaoke. So, just to close out the episode, uh, if... <laughs> oh, God, we're already, we're already done? We've been recording for over an hour. <laughs> oh, my God, that was the longest L-word conversation I've had in a really long time. So just to close out the episode, a slightly more somber note, but a fellow podcaster, Daryl Grove, he works on Total Soccer Show. I've been on Total Soccer Show before and spoken to Daryl. He was just diagnosed with stage four colon cancer, and apparently it spread to his liver. So we're going to link the GoFundMe for his surgery and his chemotherapy in the description of the episode. Uh, The original goal was actually $10,000, and it just got filled so quickly in like four or five hours which is really nice to see it's always nice to see the soccer community you know pull together yeah we'll link that in the description please donate what you can even if you can i'm sure daryl would appreciate if you sent him a nice message just total soccer show you know just supporting him all right now we just have to wait for the l word to ruin our lives again (laughs) what's horrible is we have social media at this time it's horrible and it's good. My other hope is that, so back then when the L word was fucking up left, right, and center, nobody really paid attention. Like, remember how badly they handled Max and, like, his transitioning and all that stuff? Oh my god, I totally forgot about Max. Pregnant Max. I think if they'd had that messy a trans storyline now, I think there would be a lot more attention. So I think they're going to be a lot more careful with stuff like that. I don't I think they should be. I honestly don't think they will be. 
Like that, I think, is the dread that all of us had when we read the news. Exactly. We that like... it's coming back is we go, oh, fuck. Yeah, the, L, the original L word was like a bad six year long relationship. It was horrible. But we were, we felt obligated to stick in it because we were like, I don't think we're going to get anything better. I think this is just I it. Mean, we all felt obligated to have our own Showtime accounts <laughs> so that we could show Showtime that there is a market for lesbian content. But <laughs> why does it have to be so bad? <laughs> this week on the L Word, Shane writes a strongly worded letter to NPR. Oh my god. Our show would suck so bad. I screw you, man. I'd I'd write a great L word. What would you call it? What would your episode title be? <laughs> they all have to start with the letter L, right? I know. That's what I'm saying. The original show you know, used a you, lot you, of you, L words. You, you, you know that they uh, that they were really struggling when they started switching to other languages. L'chaim. Oh no. Um, <laughs> that was one of the episode names. I remember. It was. It do you, was. Do you remember the original theme song as well? Not the living, laughing, loving, whatever. It was that. I loved it. I loved the original. The original was remember, much better. Do you remember when? Do you remember that whole season that was dedicated to the chart? Oh my god. That's the end of the episode. It's the L word music. Oh my god. I love that our episode turned into an L word flashback. <laughs> we were so traumatized by it. 